Hey everybody, welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of The 615. It's your host, Lee Hillis, and today we will be discussing the free agency moves by the Tennessee Titans and some moves from around the NFL with our two guests, Chris Newell and Terrence Young. We'll be back with them right after this. Tighten up! Let's get Titans up! Titans up! What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to 615. It's your host, Lee Hillis, and we have Chris Newell from Titans and Truth and Terrence Young. What's going on, guys? What's up? Yeah. So, Ready? Yeah, let's go. So, Titans have made some very big splashes in free agency. Bud Dupree... Nico Altry, Kendall Lamb brought back Jayon, Anthony Ferkser, and Swain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say those are some impressive names. There are some more than others. Uh, definitely love the Bud Dupree signing. I think you know, minus the injury. The injury is the one thing I'm worried about. But other than that, uh, I, I like what he has said so far, what he represents, and that this dude looks like he's going to be a dog. And the Nico Autry is a beast of a guy. Him and Jeff together could be major and makes our front seven a whole lot better. I agree with you, Chris. Yeah, Bud Dupree, I've been watching him since he was in Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky fan, so... I know all about Bud Dupree, so give it to him. He is a dog. You can't, man, I don't know anything else. And then DeMarco, I've been, I've seen him a few, few times. He's a dog too. But if you put him, him and uh, Big Jeff, I think they're going to wreck havoc. And that's, that's the thing. Nico, every time the Colts played the Titans, you always heard the Nico Autry name just a little too much. Every yeah. is like every almost every other series, you hear the Nico Autry wrecking havoc in our backfield or on that offensive line. So now that he's on our side, I like it a lot. That that's true. Uh, Autry is Terrence saying is a dog. That's ex- and that's also exactly what Big Jeff said. Yeah, yeah, and Funny. I think uh, 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 Danico said he was trying to. He said he can't wait uh, to face them because he gonna wreak havoc on them. And plus, it's personal. Yeah, they could have kept them. They had the the Colts had the money. They yeah. could have kept them. And then, like looking through the cap stuff. Bud Dupree, five years, eighty-two and a half million. That 
that in my mind, Tennessee probably overpaid right there. Didn't have a choice. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, we I've always said it, and I think we all can agree. You have to remember the four premium positions on a football team, quarterback, pass rusher, left tackle, corner. Those are your top four positions on any football team. And those are the four you have to pay the most money for. Yep. Obviously, quarterbacks are going to get $35, $40 million. Corners are going to get somewhere around, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 million. Pass rushers are going. I mean, you're not going to get a pass rusher for under 12 unless they're not a major contributor. So a lot of pass rushers, like a lot of the pass rushers here, you saw Trey Hendrickson getting like 12 million. You saw Judon getting 14 million. You saw J.J. Uh, uh, Watt getting 15 and a half. Now 15. Shaq Barrett is probably somewhere around 17, 18 million. So it it pays to play. You got to pay money to get a pass rusher. And as as I was telling Terrence before you came in, I got into a little bit of a comment war with a troll, quote unquote. He was um saying that he he asked me, he's like, well, do you agree with re do you agree or disagree with re-signing J uh J Young Clowney? I was like, I disagree with it. Um, looking at his stats the last couple of years, he had he's had three sacks in uh, two years. And all three of his sacks happened while he was in Seattle. Hmm. And then last year, he had six quarterback hits in eight games. If you do your math right, that's less than one quarterback hit a game. Are oh, you talking about Clowney? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then and then looking at Bud Dupree, he's had 19 and a half sacks in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. His, you know, biggest, it, like, his biggest season was 2019 when he had 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had but he had 15 quarterback hits in eleven games last year before he tore his ACL. Eight sacks. Yep. And I'm like, I would rather have Bud Dupree over Clowney, which we got him. Yeah. And of course, and of course, Bud Dupree was on my list. He he was he didn't make top three, but he was in my top five. Right. Seeing the kind of havoc, seeing the kind of havoc he wreaked on us when we played them during the season. Yeah. Last year. And then, then of course, during free agent, we've lost, we lost a couple of our own, which it's bittersweet. Oh, John O. Smith to New England. (laughs) And then Corey Davis to the Jets. Those are two. One, I'd love to have at least one of those guys back. More John than Corey. Yeah. Because 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to my son right here. But yeah, Junu was the biggest part of our offense a little bit. Saying he he can block. I mean, when he blocks and get wide open, he can go with the ball. He's like a running back instead of a tight end. Mm-hmm. So, and Corey Davis, um, he was good, but for the price for him, that was a little steep. I think he's more than like nine, nine and a half, maybe, but other than that, I think Juno should have stayed, or they should have tagged him at least. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that possibly wasn't going to happen by or uh, with the talk I had with Jim Wyatt. But a good question just came across uh, Facebook Live. What about Dupree and Clowney together if we could get Clowney for a discount? It depends on the price tag. I mean, you know, spot tracking over the cap, I think has its value at around six and a half million, which to Davion, Clowney's going to probably want more than that. So, I mean, and honestly enough, I would rather take my chances getting some more guys in the draft because I think they're definitely going to draft another pass rusher in this draft, maybe two, if I, I wouldn't keep that out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it wouldn't be bad if Clowney came back at a very big discount, but I don't expect Clowney to want to try to do that. I think he's going to want to try to get some money. And then, of course, some more big news. Um, Will Fuller, no longer in the AFC South, headed to Miami on a one-year deal. Rather would have had him here. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I, I feel agree. like – I feel like he could have filled that spot that was left by Corey. Yeah, but then the only problem with Will would have been the injuries and he would have had to suffer. He had to do a one-game suspension. But I would have rather have Will Fuller than not do anything. Yeah. It's Uh, really not a great crop out there anymore. So, And then, of course, a name that I didn't mention going through the list of players we signed, Janoris Jenkins. Out of New Orleans. I wasn't expecting that. Out and I kinda I kinda seen it coming soon he got released. And then then we cut then we uh, released a Dory. Yeah, I seen it went we released a Dory. One shot. That wasn't the shock to me was Dennis Kelly. Yeah, yeah, that would be the shocker. Rest in peace to the Undertaker, Dennis Kelly. Oh, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I saw when I saw Adore get released, and then turn around and saw Adore and Dennis Kelly released. I'm like, huh? Well, right, you were listening to Dennis Kelly, but what? On Facebook, said somebody said, "Speaking of Fullers, I want Kyle Fuller. He just got yeah, he just got Bears. released from the Bears. And is that a chance you would take? I yes, I would definitely take a chance on Kyle Fuller 
depending on what the price tag is. But I mean, the only the only way we do that, if you do get a Kyle Fuller, that does take cornerback away early in the draft. And that would that give us a chance to focus that, on somebody like a receiver or mm-hmm. an extra linebacker or an offensive lineman, which those are now positions of need. If if they go get Kyle Fuller, they're basically saying we don't believe Christian Fulton's ready yet. What was the timetable on him? What's that? On um, Christian Fulton. I mean, from what I've heard, he's he's healthy now. Oh, okay. To be ready to go. And I think they're banking a lot on him. But if they go get a Kyle Fuller, they could bring him along slowly. And then, you know, he could produce more when he's ready. You know, Janoris Jenkins might be like a one-year deal. But Fuller would be a guy you could commit to for a couple of years. Yeah. And there's yeah, here's the page I was trying to find because it was a page on Twitter and it was at Mike Miracles, a um, aka Mike Herndon, had posted the potential like defensive lineup, and this is a defensive lineup I would be scared to face. And it was the front four was Bud Dupree. Danico Autry, Big Jeff, and Harold Landry. Then, of course, your inside linebackers were Rashawn and Jayon. And then he had a running a 5-DB set with that third corner spot still open. But he had Christian Fulton, Janoris Jenkins, and then he had Amani Hooker next to Kevin Byer. Well, you got to. No Kenny Vaccaro anymore. And, of course, I mentioned this on the episode that dropped on, I think, the 15th. One, I said either Malcolm or Vaccaro were going to get released. And both of them. Well, I kind of figured that um, Butler was going to get released because he was due for $14.2 million. Yeah. And I and I said this when it came to Butler, it was that maybe they tried to go to him and ask him if he would restructure, and I guess he just said no. Yeah, that's the only way I see this making sense. Cutting Malcolm Butler, I wouldn't have just cut him straight out without asking for a restructure. A Dory, I was expecting, I was expecting him to get cut. I called it for months. That I wanted him cut. But Malcolm Butler, I'm like, try to restructure him first, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah. And of course, going back to the office side of the ball, receiver, of course, from Mike Herndon, he says the wide receiver st- uh, market starting to get a little thin now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you still have Kenny Galladay out there, but he's in talks with, I think I saw the Giants. The Bengals also put an offer out on them, too. Oh, Will, Will Fuller off the market. So it, it now comes to where Galladay going to go because 
the Bears is trying to get them too. So that now they're going to put the question for the Bears, what they're going to do with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson said he was going to sign a, t- a tender after Galladay visit. So it's, I mean. And, of course, there's one quote-unquote trade rumor, Anthony Miller. Yeah. From the University of Memphis. Bring her back home to Memphis. Bring her back home to Tennessee. <laughs> I said the same thing. I seen it too. Oh, but they could, they could make a trade for him. I mean, the options that are left right now, Juju is still on the market, but he's in talks with the Jets. Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he was a guy that I could possibly see flipping the flipping division. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, no. Danny Amendola. Mm-mm. Rashad Perryman. Deshaun Jackson with the line. Prashad Perryman, Prashad Perryman, too inconsistent. He has the dropsy issue. He's got speed, but that's about it. Deshaun Jackson, too old. Yeah. And Perryman just signed with the Lions, so. Oh, well, there it is. Now, one guy that's out there that, what is two? Two guys that are out there that no one has talked about but could be some possibilities. I would have said Rashad Higgins, but he went back Rashad Higgins, but he went back to Cleveland. Yeah. Is Demarcus Robertson who played for the Chiefs and Josh Reynolds who played for the Rams. Both of those guys could be good young players that are maybe ready for bigger roles. And you could get them cheap. Yeah. I agree. So, T.Y. is about the only one out of the bunch. And I was shocked to even see Larry Fitzgerald on the list, but I'm thinking he's going to eventually go back to Arizona. He's probably going to want to retire a Cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But the market situation, not the market, but the uh, cap situation, we were one of the top five teams in spending. And it's like 112 million, something like that. It was like 122 million. I mean, yeah. No one did a New England ballpark. Two hundred forty-five million. They just dish him. Yeah. Belichick said, "I'm going getting everybody in this team." But look at because of course I have the four free agent signings right here, not counting Ferks or or Jayon. But of course, Bud Dupree, five years, eighty-two and a half million with thirty-five million guaranteed. Danico Altry, three years, twenty-one and a half. Uh, Kendall Lamb, two years, mm-hmm. eight and a half. 
And of course, we got Swain back on a, on a one year deal. Jayon's back on a one year deal, and Ferkser's back, I think, on either a one or two year deal. One year. Yep. God damn. That. Oh my bad, Tim. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I having Swain and Ferkser back does help. We do need a number one tight end. But uh, Jayon coming back, I was shocked to see the number one year $5.25 million. I thought it was going to be a little bit more than that. But I I'm love guessing. having Jayon back. I'm I love that. He, I think I'm guessing he was willing to take a discount. I'm guessing he was willing to take some sort of discount to come back. And, but you also got to think about it like this. It's also because he could reset the market next year because it's not only him. Rashawn Evans going to be a free agent because they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, in my opinion. Um, Traymond Edmonds from Buffalo and Roquan from Chicago are both up. Um, somebody, somebody said something. It's pretty funny on Facebook. So, Patriots spending money like drunk college kids at a bar. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, yeah, they make the rain. I mean, it is woo. And of sure course, they picked Bel- up. And of course, Belichick. Belichick would have never spent that kind of money on a tight end unless he truly believed in it. Right. Four, it mean, like four years, fifty million dollars on Johnu. They turned around the next day, signed Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. They get Matt Judon I, defensively. And yeah. I heard they also picked up a Mike or a, a Ryan Izzo from Houston. And Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, they yeah, Noy went back. Yeah. And then, of I course, mean, around the NFL, Gronk re-signed a one-year deal worth $10 million to stay in Tampa. Yeah. Um, Shaquille Griffin from Seattle left and went to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother's no longer in, um, in Seattle. His brother left when he left. Wow. So, and, of course, he's still floating around the market. Shaquille Griffin... I think he's oh, Tim. I think. Yeah. And if if I was the Titans, I would take a chance on Shaquem. Like you, I think you're a good depth piece. Yeah. I think uh, Chris. I think you might remember him from his days at UCF. Oh yeah. yes, I do remember Shaquem Griffin. I do. He uh, he wrecked havoc. He wrecked havoc. I, I still remember that game. I think it went to like two or three overtimes, and we were within an eyelash of beating uh, Central Florida. And I, I don't know. I can't remember if we were undefeated that year or um, we could have went to a big bowl game. Uh, yeah, we yeah Memphis Florida. was undefeated. Both of yeah. y'all were undefeated, right? That year? It was in the battle. We were like we were like high ranked. And 
the winner was going to end up in like the Peach Bowl or something like that. Like, I, when that game was going on, I was ready. I was ready to pack my bags for Atlanta when we beat them, but <laughs> it didn't happen that way. But yeah, I remember. Y'all ended up, I think, where Dallas playing Penn State. Uh, that was that was last year. We went um and played Penn State after we won the conference, and uh, I, I had a ball down there. But yeah, Shaquem Griffin, remember the name? He might try to go to Florida and play with his brother because they're from there. Um, yeah. but yeah. But as I was saying, like I would, I would t- if I was John Robinson, I would take a chance on somebody that was drafted late or even undrafted. Shaquem was a, a was was a day three pick. Mm-hmm. To Seattle, great story. It would be a great story. And but he would have to play against his brother yeah. twice a year. But um. There's still quite a few guys out there, and yeah, the, you know that's the important thing. There's, of course, I think phase because they're doing they do it in phases. So we yeah. just finished phase one. Be some competition. Phase mm-hmm. two, I think, starts either I think it started today, or it starts Monday. So there's a, that? Second, there's a second, they do it in waves. So we just finished wave one of free agency. Mm-hmm. So I think wave two would start up, I think, on Monday. Yeah. Phase two and phase three is when we make our money. And but John, he's he's surprised me so far. Yeah, you'd be phase two or phase three. Yeah, this is where we usually make our money. Yep. Because John, he he usually he may pick up two to three guys a year in free agency. Yeah, he's putting his neck on the line. Says Vrabel trying to point fingers at him. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of pointing fingers, what about Wesley Woodyard putting Vrabel on blast on one hundred four five? Talking about how he didn't let Dean Pease call the AFC Championship game. What's your yeah. thought, Chris? Vrabel, he, he Yeah, that that I can see it. I mean, right now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Vrabel made it seem like because he kept saying it wasn't the coaching, it was the players. He basically and threw the players under the bus. That's something that a coach should not say. It starts with the coaches. Exactly. If a team goes in and gets dominated in a game, it's not the players. It's the coaching. That's the first line defense on a team is the coaching staff. So is it safe to say – the Vrabel's ego yeah. is it? Is it? He coddled eight? Shane Bone. Oh yeah, he did. Definitely, he did. But is it safe to say he coddled Shane Bowen because he knew 
When the defense started playing, everybody was going to go change both. So is it safe to say that Vrabel's ego is getting the best of him? Yeah. Vrabel's ego could destroy his football team. Thinking, oh, I yeah, can call a defense stubborn. better than stubborn. anybody. You see what that <laughs> and I <laughs> you see and I thought Mike you, Malarkey was stubborn. You see where that guy even <laughs> got you basically you lost five minutes away from going to a Super Bowl. You got dominated in the first round of the playoffs last this last season. They wouldn't have been able to stop Derrick Henry. No. And another thing is when they said uh, when Wesley Williams said that, I'm like, no wonder the defense went to hell that game. Yep. But yeah, yep. Like, I don't. I agree. I, I don't know what just happened, but like, hey. it kicked me out, and then here I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so we just try to keep it going until you yeah. got back. Yeah. Like, it was literally yeah, like 10, right 15 right. seconds. But, yeah, I think we've, we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, I think Tara was – we was talking about Vrabel. Yeah. And, you know, everything changed at that point, and we saw and I, we saw how the defense went down. If it were one or two players, I'm thinking it's that player. But the whole unit stunk. It's got to be coaching. And the fact is, J-Rob is basically saying, look, you blamed me saying it was the players. So I'm going to get you guys you like, guys that you think you want. Once the draft is over, the pressure is off J-Rob. Now the pressure goes to Frey be like, Bill, get me a championship defense with these guys. And if the defense sucks this year, it's on Vrabel. Vrabel has Vrabel can't coddle Shane Bowen anymore. He would have no more excuses. It would be totally his fault. Yep. Yeah. Sure will. Well. Because J-Rob give, he just gave you the pieces. You might need a couple more pieces on defense, but he gave you the pieces to take this team to the Super Bowl. Like you said, Chris, the pressure is off of J-Rob. It's going to be on him now to coach the pieces. I think we should – I think if we don't get a wide receiver and free agency, I think we should – we're going to end up drafting one. Two. Yeah, maybe. We're going to draft two, in my opinion. And I already got my eye on a couple. I do too. I mean, if Rashad ba- if Rashad Bateman is there at twenty two, I'm taking him. Um, I honestly, if um uh, Elijah Moore, Ole Miss, I'll take Rodell Moore too. Yeah, I like the speed, but the injuries concern me with Rodell Moore. I like the speed; he's electric. I like him, but. That injury bug worries me to death. Yeah. And there's another one. Um, I can't think. I think his last name is Powell. Uh, Col- uh, Colin Powell from uh, Clemson. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like Amari Rogers. There's I wish this person would follow us. I don't think they will, but it's Kyle Pitts. Oh, I I'll say this. If Kyle Pitts gets past about if he gets out of the top ten or if he's like right there at nine or ten, honestly, even though I know we have these at receiver and some other thing, I will package our first, see if I can package our third, one of our threes. If we ain't gotta give up our second round pick. I'll give up our one. I'll give up our one next year and maybe a three and go get Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Because all the tight ends is somewhat of a big need for us. He'll make us forget all about Johnu. Yep. Well, he, like, in my mind, he is like Johnu. We'll be like John No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys. Oh, Dad, we still got you. Guys, this is got this you. Okay. Most definitely. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's been fun. Very fun. Well, y'all. We got to you got kicked off about a couple times, but it's a fun. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's uh, my internet. I don't know. I think it may be the internet or the laptop alone. So, because of course, laptop, wow. laptop's a hand me down. It was my mom's, then went to my brother, now it's mine. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I understand. Yeah. Well, y'all. That was Chris Null and Terrence Young, and we will be back right after this. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and of course y'all see everything's not going to be perfect as y'all saw with this interview there were a few technical difficulties and some other news to come just keep a lookout on the Instagram page the underscore 615 podcast on Instagram at podcast 615 on Twitter and on my Facebook page for some updates because there is possibly something brewing with me and Chris Newell from Titans and Truth who was on here tonight. He's been on this was the third time he's been on so Just keep an eye out, and until next time, stay classy and tighten up. Yeah, tell them boys to tighten up. Tighten up. Let me hear you say it.
Hosted again, hype now. Tell them boys to tighten up. Tighten up. Let me hear you say Nissan, come alive for them. Tell them boys to tighten up. Tighten up. Let me hear you say All my people on Broadway. Tell them boys to tighten up. Tighten up. Oh, tell them boys to tighten up. Tighten up. Yeah. Nashville, turn the lights on me. Me. Third down, what the play gon' be? What it is. We gon' throw it to the left, we gon' run the seam. Hope we might let Derrick Henry run it in between. Smash it up the middle, they won't see it coming. Put a hundred on them, now we got that dub, homie. On a mission for the top of the division. Got the Texans on the schedule, now it's time to handle business. Handle business.